available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome back, everybody, to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the Scout 247 CBS thingy network. And I'm Ryan Abraham, publisher of uscfootball.com on that same thingy network. And we are the Podcast of Champions. It seems like we just did a show a few days ago, Dave. Maybe we're just so familiar with each other that the time passed. Because it has to have been a month, right, since we did the last show, I would assume. I, I mean, given our current rate, it's between one and three months. Wait, no. It actually was uh, <laughs> three three beautiful days ago uh, when we last spoke to each other. Uh, but so much has happened since then. Uh, there have been two, you know, somewhat relevant football games. Yeah. I mean, about, like, all the things that change at this time. There's just so much. So much. And so uh, when last we spoke, we were trying to figure out what time it was in Australia at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we get some clarification on this via via the Twitter sphere? We did some. We did get a tweet. So this one it, it comes from uh, W I L M C G at W I L M C G. So it's a. I don't think that's a word. I don't know what that means. But he said, "Can I be the guy sitting in Australia fuming at your inability to understand how time works? For what it's worth, Oregon State versus CSU kickoff. Okay, so Oregon State versus Colorado State kickoff." Was 0430. So that was. Okay. That 4th. was 0430 and that was a, what, 1130 AM Pacific? Yes. So it's seven hours before. So that means by my powers of deduction that Stanford was actually a noon kick in Australia. Yeah. Or like one o'clock or something like early, early afternoon. Not too bad. Cause um, we were sitting here thinking it was like a 13 hour time difference because again, we're, we're very stupid. Yeah. Like, just so <laughs> mind-blowingly dumb here at the podcast. Well, it's not like we prepared. Like, it's like we really just – the no, only time we like have is like – do we have never like that. Yeah. Anybody who thinks that is a first-time listener. Yes. We, we have – when do we have enough time to call each other and talk for an hour and a half? Not, like, think about it all beforehand. Nothing. So <laughs> – like, what other industry would people just fly blind into an hour and a half conversation that literally thousands of people are going to? Do? It's just like whatever. I guess we'll wing it. I think maybe like, if we you, get some sponsors, listeners. we respect you greatly. Yeah, if we get like sponsors, we're making like money. Like, we do this for free. This is this is a labor of love, people. We make no money off this. It costs us money, costs us time, but we love yep. doing it. We love it. We just love it yeah. so much. But so, we don't always put, you know. Maybe we don't bring our A game all the time. Like we didn't even mention, you know, like Maybe our. We don't bring like any quote unquote effort at all. But you know what? We bring heart. That's all that matters. But we, you, if you want to email us and tell us how heartless we are, good like Dave said, are we, no, we, no, we do have heart. We have heart. We. We've got lots of heart. Yeah, lots of heart. Uh, tell us how much heart we have. Just the, the, the lack of effort we have. Pack twelve podcast at gmail dot com is our email. Our Twitter is at Pac-12 Podcast. Our website, Pac-12Podcast.com. 
And you can leave a voicemail, 641-715-3900, extension 734-972. Yeah, leave us voicemail. Do you like the show? You hate the show? We will certainly play it if you leave us a voicemail. We might even listen to it first, so you could probably drop some F-bombs in there. We wouldn't even listen to it first, so you can, whatever you send us, we will put it up. Well, honestly, we won't listen to it beforehand, and when it's playing, I'll probably be doing something else anyway. So, <laughs> you know, you, you probably have free reign to just say whatever you want. There's a good chance neither of us is actually listening to it at any point. <laughs> but hopefully the thousands of people out there are. Um, we also had a tweet from uh, Brady Crandall. It's uh, mm-hmm. at Crandall. I can't even see what he New follower. New follower, he Brady did. Crandall. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the follow, Brady. Appreciate that, Brady. Um, he said, cut your power rankings this AM. That means morning. One, you are insane. Are we sure? Should we verify with Australia first? <laughs> Does AM mean morning? Oh, 430 morning. Uh, you are insane. And I feel bad for the Australian guy who got up early to watch that game. Uh, we, our apologies from Beaver Nation and Pac-12 Podcast Nation. Uh, it was just not good. Um, you are insane picking Run Ralphie Run at eight. So in our power rankings, he doesn't like us. Yeah. Um, okay. And then two, hope the rest of the conference is sleeping on us. Go buffs. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Brady, I think Dave has been your biggest supporter out there. And, uh, you know, we just, yeah. it just looks like you guys lost a lot. I don't know. I mean, that was a 10 wins was a whole bunch. Probably comes back down a little bit this year. That's just what I'm saying. Maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe we're wrong. We've been wrong before. We've been wrong uh, as recently as uh, three days ago, several times. Um, and we also had a tweet that we just got a new follower, Ryan uh, Dubay, uh, at Ryan Dubay, catching up on the 825 episode. Shame you spent a whole segment discussing Pac-12 quarterbacks and no mention of Justin Herbert. Uh, mostly because we don't like him. No, just I don't. I don't. <laughs> we hate I have your school. Literally, no yeah. recollection of the event in question. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Did we spend a whole segment on quarterbacks? Um, um gosh, this was three so days funny. ago, and my, you know, you know what? He might be referring to not the episode most recently, but the one before that, because I do think we were. Oh no, no, no! There was the little bit. Um, so that was in the specific context of the question we were asked via email, Ryan. Uh, they asked us about, um, I think it was Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Luke Falk, and I forget who the fourth one was, but they were asking us, in context of these four, how do they stack up against the best in college football? And I like Justin Herbert a lot. I probably wouldn't throw him into the mix as one of the best in college football just yet because I want to see him... Um, you know, just do it for another full season. Yeah. But I like what I saw. I like a lot of what I saw of him last year. I mean, for a freshman to play the way he did, especially for what was a broken team, a fundamentally broken team, um, that was impressive. And if uh, Willie Taggart, you know, can put together a functional offense this year, I think Justin Herbert could be special. He's good, and I I remember that now. Yeah, I don't think the question mentioned him, so we didn't add him. It was we were answering the question. Plus, I don't want to mention Justin Herbert. Anytime I don't have to, because I don't want to accidentally say Ebert or Herbert or what. I mean, so Herbert. just Herbert. Herbert. Because uh, I'll say the wrong thing. You know, it's just one of those names I look at. I'm like, I don't want to say that. What if yeah. I say it wrong? Yeah. Um, and the other <laughs> one, the other one, of course, was Jake Browning. So yes, uh, Jake Browning. I'm just continuing my Washington disrespect at all times. <laughs> uh, 
by not remembering that he was one of the four quarterbacks asked about, despite him being. When did 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 you pick Washington to win like under four games, and then they went to the playoff? Was that happened, or was that like two years? I'm that mixing. Was two years ago, I predicted that they would not. I think I predicted them for three wins, okay. and they then won like more significantly. Right. Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't the year that they went to the playoff. You predicted them to have three wins. I think that was. Just, let's just continue to remind people that uh, I am I am not good at this. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yet they listen. Um, we yeah we you know and it's funny we were um, very good against the spread last year and then I said I said hey you know we should start betting for real then we go zero and two against the spread. Um, in week zero. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a rough start, but I, I think we'll get back into it, especially I think once the C, once we see games and we have Pac 12 games to pick, I think that's where we start hitting our stride, at least mostly. I mean, um, we'll talk about the games, whatever, but whatever stride there is to hit, that's when we hit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, so what we're going to do is we're going to reveal our, our new updated, even though there's only been two games, Pac 12 power rankings. We got some movement. And we're going to go through and preview the games and do our picks and go from there. So, Are we going to play the Pac-12 Roundup sound? Uh, we will. Maybe. Let's see. Pac-12 Roundup. I guess we will. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine, David. Um, let's go. Our number 12 team. Oregon State Beavers. So the Beavs had an unprecedented drop today for a few reasons. One, uh, they lost by 31 points uh, on the road to Colorado State. They were only like four-point dogs in that game, so that's uh, not a good result. Um, they also dropped because uh, early on in that game, they had me flirting with Oregon State becoming my one true team. Um, and then they 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 made a fool out of me <laughs> very very quickly after that. Yeah, um, you bought that hook line and sinker, man. You were... Oh man, oh man, I was I was sold. I was sold after that first uh, touchdown drive. You know, this one it's gonna like okay. This is gonna be the first of like a thousand times I say this this season. It wasn't this bad of a loss. Like it looks a lot worse in the final score than it really was. If so. Oregon State, I thought, was controlling the game fairly well for most of the first half. They kind of let it go a little bit in the second quarter. But then there was this egregiously bad call um, to end the first half where Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton is rolling out, avoiding a rush, um, throws uh, a ball to the end zone, gets caught, um, and the refs on the field rule, maybe somewhat understandably, maybe not, rule him um, out of bounds or bobbling the ball or whatever. On replay, nothing has ever been more clear that the guy was not bobbling the ball and that he was down in bounds and had scored a touchdown. Um, and naturally, we got our first egregiously terrible call of the college football season. Um, and it took away a touchdown. Oregon State finished off with a field goal, and then they were pretty much done for the rest of the game. I, I wonder how much momentum effect was affected by that bad call. It was a it was a bad call, and it was kind of like so instantly it took you know, 30 minutes into the college football season. So we can start talking about a centralized replay system, which now all of the power five conferences are at least experimenting with. There's not a common theme yet like they have in the NFL, but I think we'll get there eventually. But this is a perfect example of 
how could you see that replay? And they even were describing the rule where it can go, if it's moving, like when you go to the ground, it, but you still have control over it, like that's okay. Like they've even lessened, you know, lightened the, the verbiage, I guess, of the rule and still somehow decided to say that was an incomplete pass. And uh, obviously that was, you know, it didn't didn't help Oregon State's cause, but really you come out in the second half, Dave, and you had Ryan Nall with over 100 yards in the first half, and then just kind of went away from him. And I know they were stacking the box and trying to make Jake Luton uh, uh, beat him, and he just, I mean, he was struggling. I mean, there were so many, what, did he have like three picks and a couple of fumbles? You know, there was just way too many turnovers. They just did not, yeah. did not look good. They, I mean, Colorado State was playing great. Um you want to talk about quarterback play? They had it. It was a, I thought they played a, a hell of a game. Uh, but that, that play right before the, the first, the end of the first half certainly, uh, didn't help. But man, the way, the way they played in the second, it wouldn't have mattered if they had caught that or not. If they played this anywhere close to what they played in the second half, it just was not good enough to win that game. Yeah. Luton looked rattled a little bit after a while. I actually, I mean, results, yeah, weren't great. I thought he looked the part though. Um, I don't, I, I think he, you know, a lot of people are going to be down on him after this game. I, I, you know, he threw three picks. One was like a duck that just kind of the receiver tripped. He was getting hit, and it was just like a punt into the end zone. Um, just like stuff that's going to happen, and it just kind of happened in a bad way for him in this game. I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I don't think the the, the 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 complete verdict is in on Luton, but. I actually didn't think the Oregon State offense was that big of an issue. I think the more concerning aspect is that the defense was just kind of run over, and it seemed like Colorado State, for the most part, could get whatever it wanted at any given time against Oregon State's defense, and that was a little unexpected, I think. Um, I was expecting Oregon State's defense to just be a little scrappier, a little tougher, um, and up front, they kind of got pushed around in this game, um, and... That's not a good sign. If if a mid-major team is pushing you around up front on defense and they're able to do pretty much whatever they want to you offensively, I mean, scoring 58 points and it's like a pretty balanced attack of passing and rushing, that's never a good thing. Um, so I, I, we moved Oregon State down to number 12 in kind of a reactionary way, but they've got a lot to prove this week um, when they look at that seamless transition. Ooh. Uh, when they take on Portland State, uh, this is on Saturday. Um, Oregon State uh, is taking on Portland State at 11 a.m. Pacific Yeesh. time on the Pac-12 network in Corvallis. Wow. I mean, dozens uh, of people will be watching that game. Tens, maybe even 20s of people. Just <laughs> tens, maybe even 20s. Um, no line on this game. But Portland State put up a real fight against BYU last week. I wouldn't rule that out given how porous Oregon State's defense looked against Colorado State. I, I, this would be one to watch, I think. And uh, for Beavers fans, I think it's, you know, this is one to watch and maybe be, you know, clenching your fists a little bit, you know, white knuckling the uh, the couch covers because this could be, this could be a tough one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick the Beavs at home against Portland State. We have no line. So it's kind of a, I don't know. Let's see maybe later in the week if we, if they get some sort of line on it. But, um, are you going to, 
you gonna take the or do you want to do the upset? You think? No, I'll take Oregon State just to be safe, and because our competition has already started off with us both being zero and two. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't. I, I if the line was like Oregon State minus fourteen, I'd think about Portland. State. Yeah, I think I would too. It was uh, so. Or, so the previous game, Colorado State was favored by four, and both Dave and I thought like, yeah, you know, that's a good value. I think they're you know getting points. Oregon State's certainly capable of winning on the road, but they opened their new stadium. Um, everything just kind of was clicking. And the first half, it was fine. Like, okay, this, this is, these teams can hang with each other. It should be good. And then the second half, like you said, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. So no, no danger of, of winning that cover. Uh, this one, I think I agree with you. If it was like a 14 point spread, I might take Portland State, not knowing much about them, but, uh, it's early. I kind of get the feeling they could pull a Washington State sort of thing where you lose a game early. Now, this is a quality opponent on the road. It's not like they lost to an FCS school at home. But maybe they'd go, you know, on a run and they beat, you know, they they could beat Minnesota at home. They could beat Washington State on the road and, uh, you know, beat Colorado at home in week seven, something like that, where, like, they beat some teams that are good uh, once they right the ship. Now, I don't know if they can, but that's, if you're a Beaver fan, that's what you want. That somehow that this was an anomaly, that just things weren't working. It was on the road. It, it you know, we got away from what was making us special with the the running game and all of that. Um, and hopefully the defense shores things up. It just didn't look. It, I don't know, Dave. Like I'm not sure. I, I feel confident going in the next few weeks that they can turn it around um, and do that. I think they're, they're capable of it, but I just don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a completely valid concern. I mean, it obviously it's early, the, you know, super early in the season. Um, it's hard to take too much from an early season game because a lot can change. But also, these games can be significant. Like if you stack together a bad loss to Colorado State, and I think the margin is what makes it bad, not that you lost, um, and then you put in an uninspiring effort against Portland State, suddenly that's the kind of thing that can snowball. You know, yeah. especially if Jake Luton doesn't quite get going. Um, if he does have another multiple interception game, it's just the kind of thing that can like stink up the rest of the season. Um, I, I, I do buy that because sometimes, uh, you know, teams can just kind of get down on themselves after a while. Um, so hopefully they can, uh, they can put it together against Portland State. Yeah. Then you got PJ Fleck coming in, uh, week three from Minnesota. Uh, um, sure that was fun. Yeah. They were going to row the boat all the way from the land of yeah. 10,000 lakes. Um, We'll see. Big Gary Anderson fans. There was a lot of talk on Twitter about, man, Luton's great. Gary Anderson's one of the best coaches around. Even one of my friends like tweeted something about their new favorite team, and then it just all fell apart. So I don't know what happened. Yep. Oh, well, that was you. Never mind. Um, did you know that Colorado State has a punter named Ryan Stonehouse? And like when I was in school, I think USC had like five or six Stonehouse punters. So there must be like, a clan of punters from the Stonehouse. I assume they're all related. They have to be, I would think. Yeah. Is that like a, is that an Austro- Australian name? Is this another I, one of the Australian punters? No, I think this was, I think, I don't think so. Cause this was like before the, when I remember the Stonehouse guys at USC, this was kind of before the Australian craze of guys coming, but. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure. If you have more information about the Stonehouse, I, uh, let us know. Yeah. Tweet us, uh, tell us what's going on here. Let's see. Okay, so we'll do to our number 11 team. California Golden Bears. So, Cal uh, is starting the season uh, on Saturday at 
9.20 a.m. Pacific Time on the ACC Network. Uh, they're taking on North Carolina on the road in Chapel Hill. Uh, UNC's weirdly only favored by 11, um, which seems like a sneaky weird line because Cal's supposed to be pretty bad this year. Uh, North Carolina, though, is also, um, you know, they've got a new quarterback, a uh, bunch of tumult. Just that's uh, not a great situation over there. I think I like UNC to cover the 11, though. Um, I, I just don't know what we're going to get at all from Justin Wilcox from this new California, you know, offense, defense, the whole shebang. Um, and so I'll, I'll go with North Carolina at home to cover this 11. But this is one where I really don't know what to make of Cal um, because they could surprise and be like a seven and five team. I wouldn't like throw that out at all. But I just it's a hard thing for me to see at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina, I think they've been, you know, we, we saw them in the bowl game last year. I think they're a team that's, you know, there were some losses, but they're a, you know, ACC team that can scare some of the teams at the top of the ACC. They got them at home. It's the opener. It's Cal. It's Wilcox's, you know, debut game. And you got to go all the way across the country playing, you know, at brunch time or even <laughs> a little before. Right. 11 points seems, I would have thought, at least two touchdowns. So just not knowing much about where Cal, you know, where Cal's going to be. Uh, we just don't think they're going to have a lot of talent. They got a new coach. The schedule's not that easy. Um, I think the value here is to, to lay the 11 and take North Carolina. Just, we'll see. You know, if, if Cal can come up and keep it close, I mean, Oregon State wasn't able to keep it close on, you know, at Colorado State. Um, if Cal can keep it close, I think that's a great sign for the bee, uh, for the beefs, <laughs> for the bears going forward. Um, I just don't see it happening, Dave. It just seems like this could be tough and, you know, they're going to Weber state and then Mississippi at home. Um, so you got a couple home games and, and old misses and kind of all this turmoil, but they still got Shea Patterson, who's an amazing quarterback, but I think it'd be a good sign if they could keep it close. I'm just not seeing it right now. Yeah, I, it's a hard thing for me to see at this point. They do have a, a semi-recent history of starting season strong. Um, so that could, I don't know if that plays a role. 2014, they started 4-1. 2015, they started 5-0. and uh, Last year, it was kind of hit or miss. But maybe they, they you know, come out of the gates pretty strong again. Um, I, I It's more just like I don't know what to make of the offense. Uh, because Cal has been running on its offense for four years now um maybe longer uh and it's just hard to know what they're going to get um with a new scheme so and a new quarterback yeah so. i mean you know justin wilcox is not the most gregarious guy um but he wasn't like ever me it wasn't like a jerk it's not like someone you you know but it was just his personality to be a head coach i just it's kind of a, one of the head scratchers so until i mean you hope he does well. You want to see him, uh, do well up there. I just don't know. I'm not, he's going to have to kind of show me something. And, uh, I don't know if, you know, could spend the whole year and he might not have everything in place that he wants. We'll, we'll see what happens, but this just seems like a tall order for, uh, week one. So we'll both take, uh, we're agreeing again. North Carolina laying 11, uh, at home against Cal. And he thought, like, I don't know. I mean, do you think, do you see a scenario where like Cal can win this game? 
Yeah, but it's only if North Carolina is like a hell of a lot worse than we think. Yeah. Uh, like, it's on the road. Um, it's, it's an early uh, West, like whenever you're a West Coast team playing at the 9 a.m. slot on an East Coast road trip, like you got to shave points off just for that. Yeah. Um, think about, I mean, not even a East Coast road trip, but Stanford at Northwestern two years ago, they lost 16 to 6, and that was a really good Stanford team. Um, you look at UCLA a couple years back, they had to go to Virginia and play at 9 a.m., and they squeaked out of a bad Virginia team. This was in 2014 when UCLA was, you know, still good. Um, they squeaked out of that with like a 28-20 win, um, basically all defense. I mean, just teams don't show up. Um, and it's, I mean, it's against your body clock. Like, it's so many different things that I just think there's too many factors playing against Cal. So, yeah, there's a scenario where they win, but I think it involves North Carolina being a really bad team. Yeah, I would think they'd have to be worse than we think. And then, uh, you know, some skill guy that you have, you don't really have on your radar, like goes absolutely bananas for Cal and becomes a star. It's just like kind of a breakout game. Something, you know, something like that. But all right. Uh, should we move on? Let's do it. Let's go to, uh, our number 10 team. Arizona Wildcats. All right. So if you're down to stay up late, this one's, uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Arizona at home against Northern Arizona, uh, in Tucson. Um, this will be a bloodbath. I, I, if Northern Arizona hangs within three touchdowns, I think that's going to be a very bad sign for Arizona. So, I will say they don't. I will say Arizona wins comfortably, and uh, that is literally all I have to say about this game. Do you know the line, or is there no line yet? There's no line that I can see. Okay, so no line on this one. Um, so It doesn't look like any of the FCS games have gotten lines, at least that I can see yet. Okay, that's, this could be a problem with us doing Monday shows. We'll have to see. Um, oh, hi. Uh, hold on one second. My wife just walked into my office as we're recording a podcast. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Here, hold on. Here, jump, jump on that microphone real quick. Say hello. She can't hear you, though. Hey, but. y'all. So, uh, surprise, surprise, my wife stopped into the uh, the little studio office here. Um, here, I'll turn down her mic so she doesn't like go. She's doing stuff. Watching. She I loves watching. Yeah. Um, where were we? Okay. So, recording on Mondays could potentially be an issue if we don't get the FCS lines, but we'll see. We'll see how that kind of works out. But yeah, uh, this should be a bloodbath. Um, you know, Rich Rod won one game in the Pac-12 last year. They went three and nine overall. They know, I mean, he's <coughs> likely coaching for his job. So you kind of have to move forward here and, uh, and get a big win. So I, I kind of think they do that. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to see any other scenario. And like I said, I have literally nothing else to say about this before. Okay. Um, yeah, it's FCS. Uh, yeah, so we'll move on. So we'll go on our number nine team. Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> Excuse me. That was number 10. Number You're nine. Getting rattled. You're getting rattled. The wife is rattling you. <laughs> it, was, it was like just usually like my, no one walks into my office. I'm just sitting there like someone's walking in. It's like maybe a UPS guy or something trying to drop something off. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, let's go to number nine. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> All right, so this is on Thursday, August 31st, so a little Pac-12 action on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico State going at ASU in Tempe on the Pac-12 network again at 730. ASU is favored by 23 and a half. Um, 
So New Mexico State is one of those teams um, that should be an FCS school, but for whatever reason is deciding not to drop down. But they have no budget, no resources, no anything. They haven't won, like, anything in years upon years upon years. They've been bad forever. Um, so what did they do? Let's look. Let's look. Last year they won three games, uh, beat Texas State 50-10, to beat Louisiana 37-31, to and beat New Mexico 32-31. But they went 3-9. and uh, the previous year they went three and nine. The previous year they went, oh yeah, two and ten. Uh, they're they're really bad. Um, so it's a, an FBS opponent, but it's not really. <laughs> I think ASU should cruise in this one. Um, getting it on a Thursday night should be an exciting time. Um, probably get a bunch of students there. Um, you know, even though it's an early season game, I think a lot of there'll be a lot of excitement. It is an FBS opponent, not an FCS opponent, so there'll be a little bit, probably more excitement than there would if they were taking on, say, you know, a Southern Utah or a Northern Arizona or whatever. Um, I think I like ASU to cover this. Um, New Mexico State, like I said, is very bad. They've been historically very bad, um, and it's you know, Arizona State wasn't great last year, and I don't project them to be all that good this year, but. I think they should have the talent to just kind of wipe a New Mexico State off the field. I would anticipate them winning this by four or five touchdowns. Um, if it if it is a relatively close game, I don't think that speaks to anything good about Arizona State this year. Yeah, same thing. Todd Graham, you know, could be coaching for his job this year. Uh, it's a lot of points. I don't feel great about laying that for it, but I'm going to take ASU as well. Uh, agree with Dave. Um, I think you know you had the quarterback transfer people coming in like i think there's you know the blake barnett thing um you know maybe uh Nikhil harry goes absolutely crazy i just kind of feel like it's going to be an explosive day for arizona state but then you don't want it to be like that everyone's like oh this is the way it's going to be all year and then they're playing against you know stanford or something and they they score 10 points you know so uh i think they need to have some sort of big breakout game it's thursday night in tempe i mean I don't know if there'll be a bigger party in the country than than there. So uh, I think they're going to party their way through, Dave, and, and win by at least twenty eight. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair prediction. And New Mexico State, as I've said, is very bad, just yeah. very bad historically. They won't be good. So there you go. Um, and we don't know much about New Mexico State, so but to win only three. No, I, I know enough to say that. Yeah, they're very bad, and they won't be any good. Okay. Uh, so I feel pretty good about that one. Let's move on to our number eight team. Colorado Buffalo. And now you get some Friday football. Yeah, uh, Thursday, Colorado. Friday. Exactly. Colorado taking on a familiar name from week one or week zero or week point five, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Colorado State. Um, this is at uh, Sports Authority Field in Denver. Um, at 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Um, I don't think, I, I could be wrong, I don't think we have a line yet, but let me look at the Vegas stuff. because Maybe that's, okay, we've got a line. Um, Colorado is currently favored by five and a half. Um, it looks, yeah, it doesn't look like there's any injury issues for Colorado State. So this is an interesting one for me. Uh, having just watched Colorado State, I'm, relatively impressed with their offense um, and their quarterback play. 
their defense seems a little questionable because I was not expecting Oregon State's offense to generate as much as they did against Colorado State, especially in that first half. So I think their 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 defense might be a little bit of a question mark, and that plays interestingly with Colorado because Colorado's offense is probably going to be the strength of the team this year. Their defense is a question mark just because they lost so much. I still think they'll be decent, but I don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year. Um, five and a half seems a little high. Um, I, I like Colorado State, and I don't know that they're five and a half points worse than Colorado this year, um, having watched uh, them in week one. So I think I'll take Colorado State uh, plus five and a half. I am with you 100%, Dave. Uh, it seems like a lot. I was wondering if Colorado State was going to be favored in this game. Uh, now I do think Colorado's offense and Steven Montez, they're going to be, they're going to be great. I mean, I think they're going to put up a lot of points, but you know, no more Jim Levitt. We saw what Colorado State was able to do, uh, against Oregon State last week. I just feel like they're going to have some offensive success. That's a lot of points to, uh, to give now, who knows? We'll see. I, th- I think this is a this is a really important game now for Colorado. Um, a lot of people, you know, like we got that tweet. People are expecting, oh, you just you're sleeping on the buffs, blah 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 blah. Okay, well, this isn't Michigan like last year. This is you know, Col- you know they beat Colorado State last year, forty four to seven, I think. Um, and then they played Michigan really tough a couple weeks later. Um, they don't have like that big out of conference game on the schedule, but now it looks like. This is a rejuvenated Colorado State team. Um, they got that week zero game. They opened their new stadium. I think they're going to be, they're riding a high. So yeah, I think five and a half. I mean, they could win this one outright to me. Um, and we do have, you know, now we're reserving our right to change our picks because we do have a preview from Adam Munster if you want me to play that. Bring it. All right. Here's Adam, what he had to say. Traditionally, the Rocky Mountain Showdown has kicked off the season for both the Buffs and the Rams, but of course this year, Colorado State played a zero-week game as they opened their new on-campus stadium in fine fashion. An impressive 21-point victory over Oregon State on Saturday, and and you certainly have to give Colorado State credit. The Rams were very opportunistic defensively, five takeaways against the Beavers, but I still don't think Colorado's defense is all that great, which leads me to believe this Friday night's uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown in Denver between the Buffs and Rams is going to be a shootout. Uh, quarterback Steven Montez had the type of preseason Colorado's coaches were hoping for, and the Buffs got out of preseason camp without losing any of its key players to injury. So there's certainly going to be a lot of optimism on both sidelines going into this year's matchup between the two in-state rivals. The key for the Buffs, who are set to play 12 straight weeks before their late season by is basically going to be how healthy they can keep that starting unit on defense. CU has a really explosive offense and they have a pretty talented first string defensive group, but there's not a whole lot of experience depth, especially at inside linebacker and at cornerback. The Rocky Mountain Showdown was moved to Friday night with the expectation that it would be picked up by ESPN or FS1, but those networks chose other games to air on Friday night. So Instead, it's going to be broadcast on the Pac-12 network, which honestly is, is a shame. I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. Reporting from Boulder for BuffStampede.com, this is Adam Monster Tiger. Great a, stuff as always. Yeah, it's a shame that it's going to be on the Pac-12 network. It's a shame that we have to say that, that it's like that's bad. It is a shame, and he's dead right for a second. <laughs> <sighs> Change your pick at all from what he said? Anything? Uh... No, I think he kind of... Uh... 
he he cushioned our uh, really surface level analysis with lots of good insight. But yeah. I think it was all all pretty much valid with what we said. All right. Uh, so that's the buffs. So we got a Thursday game. We got a Friday game. Now the one thing, Colorado State, it's a they played zero week and they have a six days rest. So it's like an extra, you know. Yeah, one that is day. a factor. And but like you never know if that's gonna make them a little warmer for something like this. They've already played a game and they're it's fresh off and they won a resounding victory. Like, are they gonna be pumped up more for this game? Yeah. Then? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, you're like it's not like you're tired. It's the first week of the season and uh, right. it's, almost, it's almost like when you have like the nfl teams that get a buy in the playoffs but would you rather have the buy or would you rather get a tune like you have a week off and then the other team plays some tough tune-up game and they're more ready when they come into that next round of the playoffs so i i think i don't think it's going to hurt them just six days rest. it's not like they're traveling they're you know well, they're going to denver but um yeah i don't think it's going to be a big factor for colorado state yeah, agreed. I wouldn't think. All right, so our number seven team moving on is Utah Utes. All right, this is another Thursday game, another Pac-12 Network game um, on fourth on at four thirty p.m. Pacific time. Uh, North Dakota, an FCS school, traveling to Utah, uh, playing in Rice Cycle Stadium in Salt Lake City. This game does not have a line, but I think it should because North Dakota is not North Dakota State. So just, you know, you probably have heard of North Dakota State. That's the one who consistently wins national championships. But this is a top 10 FCS school, uh, North Dakota is. Um, So this is no slouch by FCS standards. Now, I don't think Utah loses this game by any means, um, but... I wouldn't be stunned if it's mildly competitive for a quarter or so. Um, I think uh, North Dakota might be, you know, one of those FCS teams that you don't necessarily want to play. Um, Utah's going to be, I, I, I still hold with my initial eval that I think they're going to be a pretty standard Utah team. They're going to have a good defense. We'll see uh, what their what their offense can do with uh, the new quarterback, but... Um, I think this should be a win. Um, there's no line on it, so I'll just say Utah wins. But um, I, it could be – I mean, usually we say take nothing from these games because they don't matter. But I think North Dakota's a decent enough FCS school that um, maybe you can take a little something from it. Yeah. Um, and You know, the good thing, though, they get a bye right after this game. So uh, if you you get banged up a little bit by North Dakota, you get some time off before you play right. San Jose State, you know. Um uh, it's kind of weird. I think I have, I, I think I have that right that there's a buy there. Um, or maybe I don't. It's full of indecision right I now. Am, just you say know. whatever you're going to say confidently. It, just I, say, I just wrote it down and I'm like, but I don't just know. Just say whatever right. wrong thing confidently and everyone will believe you. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I know I do, I do agree. Uh, North Dakota should be a good team. Should be a fairly good test, but. It's Utah. They should win. They got a lot. They're not a lot of returning starters from last year. Uh, you know, they, they switch it up the quarterback position and all that. They got a new offensive coordinator in Troy Taylor, but it should still be a really stout front seven. They always have good line play. I think line play in a game like this, they should be able to overpower North Dakota. So, you know, we don't have a line. I'm not sure what I would go up to, Dave. Um, but probably a couple of touchdowns. If they, if it's not, if it, you know, if it's close, Maybe a little concerning for Utah, but we'll see from there. The only point at which I'd pick North Dakota is like at 24 points. Like that's the only point at which I'd be like, okay, maybe North Dakota can cover this, but 
I think Utah should win comfortably by three plus touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, and it's not a buy in the second week. It's at BYU. So when I wrote like a buy, that that's actually Utah fans are like, yeah, that's a buy. That's a buy. So I basically had a typo of one letter, and somehow it ended up being buy instead of BYU. So, but but Utah fans love you. You just, yeah. You just you just won so many points with those people. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny. So I, I'm trying changing it up like little how the sausage is made, Dave. Like I have a Google Doc for every team in the Pac-12, and I had to write down the whole schedule and stuff. And I've been kind of keeping it for the last couple of years, so I keep all the schedules on there. And I knew like ah, I'm probably going to screw up some of these games. And I'm like, it was by, but it was like at by. I'm like, okay, that was that's not a problem because I saw they have a by week five. So their actual schedule since I screwed it up, North Carolina, North Dakota. Uh, at BYU, San Jose State, and then they go at Arizona on a Friday, and then they get a bye. Um, ah. But we know their schedule is tough because they have to play Stanford, they have to play Washington at Washington, and they play Washington State. So they got a really tough uh, slate from the North. So that's that's why if people are a little down on Utah, it's mostly because of the, their North schedule. Yeah, it's very tough. Um, all right. So apologize to BYU fans, but Utah fans, I'm sure, like Dave said, you're probably happy. Okay. Uh, number six. So now we're in the uh, the top half. We have Oregon Ducks. Oh, yet? Hold what? on, Dave. I totally screwed this up. We have Utah sound too. Oh, God, this is unbelievably bad. Okay, I think when my wife came in here, everything's all screwed up. I'm gonna you just blame also her. said their new quarterback is named Troy Taylor. I wasn't gonna say it, but since we're cataloging the the screw ups at this point, no, I said I offensive coordinator is Troy Taylor. Oh God. Okay. So really, I just corrected you on something that you had right. So we're really doing well. Unless, it's off, unless the offensive coordinator is not Troy Taylor, then I did screw that up, but I believe it is. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way of knowing. There's literally no way of knowing. At this point. <laughs> we are checking no facts here. Uh, we don't even know what time it is. This is okay. This is not a best effort, but but yeah, we're. It's, we're working out the kinks, you know. We, Look, we just did a, show, we did a show three days ago, and we are here. So, Kyle Bonagoro, you complain about us not doing a show. We're doing another show. Um, okay, this is what our Utah preview is. I am so sorry. I forgot to play this. Here we go. I'm Brian Swinney with UteZone and com. The University of Utah kicks off their season this Thursday, taking on North Dakota at the FCS level. Typical Thursday night kickoff for the Utes. A lot of expectations for this team, despite the fact that they're replacing a ton of people on the offensive side of the ball. Most notably, Tyler Huntley, the new quarterback, who overtook last year's starter, Troy Williams, which surprised a lot of people in fall camp. But the running back spot, Utah will go by committee as they try to play, replace NFL draft pick Joe Williams. And then four offensive line starters are gone. Had to be replaced by a lot of new guys. So new offensive coordinator, Troy Taylor, really has his work cut out for him. But Utah will get to break it in against an FCS opponent, this Thursday night where Utah's defense should be the one that carries the day. We'll be excited to see what Utah brings out offensively. should be fun to see what they've got that's brand new in store. You should be able to pick up an easy victory this Thursday night against North Dakota. Good stuff from Brian. Yeah. He really, he really saved us there. I think he confirmed what I said about the offensive coordinator, so that's good. Yeah, but I, I can't remember now if you said offensive coordinator or if you said quarterback. Or maybe I just I'm just trying to save face now. I'm probably just trying to. We can go back and play it, but I, I believe at least my intention was to say offensive coordinator, but uh, I very well might have misspoke. Whatever. So Whatever. I do We're apologize. All We're all failing. It's good. <laughs> go um, so we'll move on now. Should we talk, to, about, should we talk about 
Oregon now. We should talk about the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> they got a second sound since I screwed it up the first time. <laughs> they get the quack more. Uh, another Pac-12 Network game because we don't have enough. Of those. Another one? Yeah. How Saturday. many networks are there? So many. Saturday at five fifteen p.m. Southern Utah traveling to Oregon. Um, no line on this one, as you might expect. I have no positive things to say about Southern Utah. They are not one of the top 25 uh, FCS schools. They are in the other receiving votes. If you want to know what rank they are, they are 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. They're about 50. They're about ranked 50 in the FCS, which is uh, no damn good. Um, Oregon is uh, maybe good, maybe average, probably not as bad as last year. Um Whatever the case, whatever they are, they should wipe the floor with Southern Utah. And in most cases, I don't like these early season FCS games. I think they're a waste of everyone's time and, you know, all the things. But when you have a new coach and you have a new system, I think it's always nice to have, you know, basically a live scrimmage. And this should be nothing but that. Um, it'll be good to see the new look Oregon offense, the new look Oregon defense how it all gels together. Uh, there won't be much you can take from it, but I think the the coaches and players will see it as valuable practice uh, before the season really gets going next week. So Oregon should win. Yeah. This is like kind of like a preseason game. Um, you know, we'll pick, we'll both pick Oregon, obviously like there's no line on this one, but um, what do you want to watch for uh, is, you know, Justin Herbert or a bear, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't anticipate a sophomore slump. Watch him, watch how, you know, Royce Freeman needs to get on track. We need to see the stud Royce Freeman. If you want Oregon to be switch their record from four and eight to eight and four, you got to see a lot of Royce Freeman just doing Royce Freeman things. And I think most importantly, you know, watch the defense. Like if it's a, you know, 52 to 35 kind of game, that's probably not a good sign. You know, you got Jim Levitt who came over from Colorado. You want that defense to be more stout. Um, they got a lot of guys back on defense. So he's got some, some pieces to move with. Uh, to move him around and, and, you know, do whatever he wants to do. But they, you want to see this defense play, uh, better. And it's a, it's a great tune up because you got Nebraska, uh, the following week. And that's really what you should use this game for is kind of preparing for Nebraska. So we'll, you know, get out some of the kinks, make you feel pretty good about your team, get on a little bit of momentum. And then you beat Nebraska and people are starting to talk about you. You go on the road and beat Wyoming. People are definitely talking about you. So. Um, no danger of losing this game, Dave, but you really need to use it as prep for the next two weeks, which are going to be very difficult and could, you know, could essentially define what kind of a season these Oregon Ducks are going to have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll just let you all behind the curtain. I, I don't like watching these SCS games and I probably won't watch all of them. <laughs> this one is one I'm going to watch for a little bit. Um, there are some more interesting games on at the same time, so I probably won't watch it in its entirety. But I'm going to watch it for a little bit, because I'm really interested in Oregon. I think they're maybe the most intriguing team in the Pac-12 this year, because you just don't know what you're going to get at all. Um, so this will be the first early glimpse at it, and I think it'll be fun to you know watch a quarter of this bloodbath. Yeah, this is definitely one like of the FCS ones. This is the one you kind of want to see. You just want to see what Oregon's going to look like. It's always interesting with the new coach, and you know there's new pieces in place, and uh, you know, young stud quarterback, uh, veteran running back. You want to see what they are able to put together. It should be pretty fun. Yep. All right, let's move up to uh, number five. UCLA Bruins. 
All right, UCLA is the last team in the Pac-12 kicking off. Um, they play on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. on Fox. Big old Fox. Uh, Texas A&M traveling to Pasadena to take on the Bruins. UCLA is favored by four and a half points. Um, that's a lot of points for a four and eight team. Um, I, I think it's actually a fair line. Um, last year, um, a fully healthy or moderately healthy UCLA team opened the season at Texas A&M. Um, and despite, again, as we've discussed many times on this very podcast, uh, having a complete horror show of an offense, uh, they lost in overtime to what turned out to be a pretty decent Texas A&M team. I mean, Texas A&M was at one point ranked in the CFP rankings, I think number four. Um, and they lost 31-24 in overtime. Um, so, you know, switch this game to home. Even if you just take last year's rosters, um, I can get UCLA being favored. And then you factor in that Texas A&M is losing Miles Garrett and Deshaun Hall from last year, so their fearsome pass rush will be a little less fearsome. Um, they were so hard up for defensive ends after that departure that I think even Dalen Mack, who's their star defensive tackle, was tried out at defensive end this offseason just to see if he could provide some pass rush there. So their defense is probably going to take a step back. Um, UCLA's offense will probably take a step forward just because there isn't much further back they could go. Um, and I think defensively, uh, UCLA did a nice job of shutting down Noel Mazzoni's offense last year when these two teams played because they were very familiar with what Noel Mazzoni, what Noel Mazzoni likes to do um, offensively. Um, and I don't see any reason why that would be significantly different this year. Um, UCLA did lose a lot defensively, but that's the area they've probably recruited the best and developed the best talent. So overall, I think UCLA wins this. Um, I think I'll even take them to cover the four and a half. I think this could be a nice seven to 10 point win to start off the season. Uh, I agree with you there, Dave. I, you know, I'm flirting with this one, thinking about it a little bit, where should, which way should I go? But, you know, I was kind of talking up Josh Rosen uh, a lot throughout the offseason i do think he's going to have a big year maybe a little bit of revenge here you know jim mora's there's you know, some pressure on him they want to come into this one they're, but you know there's <laughs> there's pressure on kevin Sumlin too so uh but they you know some key pieces that texas a&m lost it's at home for ucla it's a sunday game actually i i sent dave an email uh, i was like oh this game's on sunday Maybe my wife, I talked to my wife about it and we were talking about maybe going down there, Dave. So if we, if we do, we'll let you know, you know, we'll give you a report from the Rose Bowl. Please do. Please do. I'd love to hear it. I'm sure it's going to be hot as hell. Uh, it's supposed to be really warm this week. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so we'll check it out. So, Hey, any, uh, any Bruin fans out there? You got a couple extra tickets out there. You want my wife and I to come? We'll come sit with you, buy your beer or something. Are you going to wear a bunch of stupid red stuff? No, no, I don't wear, like, dude, you know, you cover the teams, you don't wear any of that stuff. No, I wouldn't, uh, I guess I w- wouldn't be working, but no, I'll try to wear something kind of, uh, neutrally. Like, your, your uscfootball.com stuff is all red and gold, too. It is, yeah, but that's like, yeah. No, but I mean, I'm not like, it doesn't say. I didn't say any stupid USC stuff. I just said, are you going to wear any stupid red stuff? No, I won't wear like Maybe my. I don't like the color. What do you think about that? My work polos or anything. No, I would not be, uh, I won't be representing the site when I go. I'm, I'm, I'm just representing the, the UCLA people who will respond to your query with that exact question. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to like wear a uscfootball.com, uh, polo to your, your tailgate or whatever, uh, or, <laughs> um, no. 
this like uh my wife's a big college. I mean, that's how we met. She worked at Rivals.com when uh Right. Yeah, back in the day. So she's a college football fan and uh yeah, it's just a really good game. You know, usually I'm covering USC on the same day, so if there's like a great UCLA game, I can't go and uh watch it. But this time it's a different day. It's a it's a lot to squeeze in, like two big football games in one weekend, but you know, we could do it. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a fun game. It uh, has the makings of, uh, you know, maybe not a super high-scoring game, but it'll be a fun one. All right, so we're both taking the Bruins, laying the four and a half. Uh, let's go to number four. Washington State Cougars. All right, Washington State is not playing on the Pac-12 network despite playing in FCS school. They are playing on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Montana State. Is coming to town at number twenty-four ranked Washington State. Um, so history, if history is our guide here, this is going to be one to watch. Yes, uh, <laughs> because Washington State is not very good against the FCS schools. Um, if logic and uh, decency are our guide, uh, Washington State should blow them out. Um, I don't know which is going to be my care. I'm going to pick Washington State to win, but. Man, oh man, I'm only doing that because, like, I can't conscionably pick a, uh, a FCS school to win this one. But I, I don't, I, I'm looking at it, I don't think this is a particularly good FCS school. I don't see them in even the top 50. Uh, Montana is the better of the two Montanas, so, I mean, they should wipe the floor with them. This isn't like taking on Eastern Washington, because Eastern Washington is a top five FCS school year in and year out. Um, so this shouldn't be much of a contest, but I'm going to keep my eye on it. Yeah. Uh, you have to. And so there's no line in this one, I assume, right? No, no line. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you at Washington State. Not feeling great about it. No, I, I feel like this time, this is going to get, so Mike Leach is 0 and 6 in season openers. So obviously not good. You remember 2015, Portland State 24, Washington State 17. They still went on and won nine games that year. Uh, last year, Eastern Washington came to the Palouse, won a shootout 45-42. Uh, Washington State still went on to go seven and two in the Pac-12 conference, which is crazy. Um, I think they're going to, you know, we have them, uh, you know, ranked in the top four for a reason. We think this is going to be a really good Washington State team. They have to take care of business because they got Boise State coming up uh, the next week. So uh, they started off 0-2 last year um, before going on and beating Idaho. Uh, I think if they want to go, you know, I, I think if they start 2-0, and you know, they're already ranked. It's good. You, you can't obviously keep it close or lose to Montana State. And I think they've got to go on and, and win this game handily, beat Boise State however you got to do it, and then you get into the you know Oregon State and Nevada. They actually play five straight home games, Dave, which is kind of crazy. Um so they don't have to leave the Palouse, unless I wrote that down wrong. Montana State, Boise State, Oregon State, Nevada, and then USC on a Friday night, all at home. So um, it's a favorable schedule to start the season for Washington State. So Mike Leach has got to get things rolling early. Yeah, uh, completely agree, and uh, we'll be we'll be watching closely. Yeah. Mike, company. Um, okay, so we'll go to now. This is a team that did not play but dropped. In the standings, uh, number three, we have USC Trojans. I had nothing to do with it, USC fans. <laughs> it's all Ryan. 
Um, this game, USC opens up the season on Saturday at 2.15 p.m. on Guess What Network? Pac-12, baby. The Pac-12 Network, Western Michigan, going at number four, USC. USC is favored by 27 points over a team that went 13-1 and last year and gave Wisconsin a game in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, that's a lot of points. I'm going to say that. Um, but I'll also say that Western Michigan is not PJ Flex Western Michigan. It's whatever their new coach's name is. Um, so that's a factor. Um, look, if USC is what we think they are, they should, I mean, win this comfortably. 27 points is kind of a lot, but I think I'll go with them covering it. But that does feel like a lot. It does seem like a whole lot. And, uh, you know, I think just to be contrarian, Dave, I'm going to take Western Michigan and, uh, and get those 27 points. Um, so you can be the, the UCLA guy that picked USC and I'll be the guy that picked against them. Um, pretty common for us. Yeah. It, it happens sometimes. Uh, yeah. It's not PJ Flex team. I mean, this is a, you know, team that did, you know, amazing last year. 13, I mean, 13 to one. Okay. You know, like, what are you going to do? They're not going to do much more. A lot of departures, though. The whole, I mean, there was so much tied into PJ Flex persona in this team. Um, I still think it's going to be a talented. I think they're going to be able to, to run the football well. What, what the reason I think so, I, I, why I'm going to take them to cover is I think they can kind of shorten the game with a, sort of controlled running game, kind of, you know, like a four corner sort of thing. Like, I don't think they're going to, you know, have a lot of quick three and outs. I think they'll have some drives. They'll, they'll wind up, you know, every time they touch the ball, take five minutes off the clock sort of thing. Even if they don't score, they're kind of shortening the game. So 27 is a lot, you know, and we'll see if Sam Darnold goes crazy and they score a bunch of points or Ronald Jones, you know, runs for 250 yards and a three touchdowns or something. Yeah. They'll, they'll cover, but. Um, I just think it's a, a pretty sound team, um, and I think that they'll shorten the game, and that's why I'll, I'll pick them to cover. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I just I, I think I'm, and you you've got more of the inside look. Just um, what I'm I'm basing it more off my impressions of USC from last year, especially when they were at the end of the season just rolling. Um, and I think you know Western Michigan lost a little bit from last year. I. I could see USC just kind of picking up where they left off and Sam Darnold just going ham on Western Michigan. So that's what I'll go with. But, okay. yeah, I mean, I could see it going either way with the 27 points. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of points, but I think that's – I mean, I think it's more – it's likely to happen, Dave. Um, I just – what I've seen watching all the practices, it's not been the exact same as far as the offense goes because they got a lot of young receivers. They're trying to I, – I think some of it that's going to be feeling stuff out, you know. Um, right. figuring out, we thought Stanford might be doing that. You know, we'll talk about that later. They did not. They were just rolling like midseason form. Um, I'm not sure USC is going to be rolling midseason form early. I think they're still going to be really good. Uh, I mean, they're the number four team in the country and we, we have them third in our power rankings, but the power rankings are different. You know, um, I think they'll get there, but that's just a lot of points, uh, in the opener. So I'll, uh, I think they win comfortably, but you know, maybe by like 21, not, not quite 27. Cool. All right. So the reason we we dropped number three, USC to number three, and we are former number one team. They didn't play either, Dave, but we dropped them. We have Washington Huskies. 
Yeah, so uh, this is a Friday night game um, on FS1 at 5 p.m. Uh, number eight, Washington going at Rutgers. Um, Washington's favored by 27 and a half points. And Rutgers, so in the same way that Western Michigan was very good last year, and that makes that game against USC particularly interesting, in kind of that, not the same vein, but in the opposite vein, Rutgers was terrible <laughs> last year like so very bad they were two and ten um their one win over an fbs opponent was against new mexico which was equally terrible uh 37 28 at home they lost in successive weeks 58 to 0 and 78 to 0 to ohio state and michigan and then wrapped up the season basically with two shutout losses to Michigan State and Penn State by 49 nothing and then 39 nothing. They were shut out four different times last year. <laughs> this is a terrible program, a terrible team, and they're not going to be any good this year either. Um, Washington, though, is, uh, is going on the road. That's a little bit of a different thing, but yeah. Washington is... You know, they've got some stuff to replace on defense. They've got a couple pieces to replace on offense. But largely, I mean, this is a program that's, you know, clearly shown it's a top 15 level thing, top 10 level thing. Um, and Rutgers is clearly shown it's a bottom 10 level thing. I don't think 27 and a half points is enough. No, I don't I think, think so. Washington is going to just, like, it's, it's something that, like, Rutgers families are going to talk to their children about in hushed whispers. For decades to come. <laughs> That's how this game is going to go. And, you know, when you see Jake Browning, I mean, I think these are the games when he really can pile it on. Like, it, you know, tougher, yeah. more oh, athletic. God. It's a slow defense. Yeah. He's just going to be lofting these beautiful arcing <laughs> touchdowns just over their safeties all game. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster for Rutgers. Yeah. This seems like it's tailor-made for uh, a Washington squad. You know, I know it's not easy to go all the way to the East Coast. Was it Piscataway? Is that where they are? In uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, yeah, I will take this too. So I don't. I'm trying to think of what number I would go up to. I think in the 30s it would be like under under four touchdowns is easy for me. At uh, 38 points, I would for sure. Well, I would think about taking Rutgers. Yeah, but that's at 38, not that's 20. Fine. Yeah. 27 and a half even like we even get the yeah. turn here. Um, get, getting that fourth touchdown, especially seeing what Stanford was able to do, uh, to rice, which we'll talk about in a minute. Like you feel pretty good about, I think those two teams for me are the ones that you got to look out for in the North for sure. And I think, uh, Washington's going to have to hold serve and, uh, they're going to put up a bunch of points on Rutgers. Completely agree. Okay. So that was our former number one team. We're picking them to cover a 27 and a half point spread on the road. We dropped them. Why would we drop them, Dave? Who could be number one that th we would drop Washington, who made it to the playoff last year from the number one spot? Who is it? Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, Stanford is responding to us from our, from our power rankings a week ago. The disrespect we showed them by ranking them third after talking all offseason. Oh, we think Stanford's going to be really good. We think they're going to win the North. And then we're like, no, Washington's schedule is easier, so they're going to win the North. Stanford was like, nah, no. Nah. And they went out and just crushed the pee out of Rice. 62-7 uh, 
and it was like just it, it was so ugly. Like I, I I didn't make it past halftime. I'll be I'll be completely honest. Like there was no way I was watching more of this game. It was a bloodbath. Um, Keller Chris, yeah, fine. Like fourteen of twenty four for two hundred fifty three yards and two touchdowns. Bryce Love looked great in his first uh, first you know post Christian McCaffrey era action. Um, and they just you know snuffed the life out of Rice's offense. Um, it was just uh, in all ways a, uh, a a comprehensive beatdown. And now Rice. Rice isn't any good. They're they're you know at this Rutgers, New Mexico State type level um, at the FBS, but um, Stanford looked really special. They they looked really good, and I think this is going to be a, a big year for them. Yeah, um, same thing. I was at a uh, a fight party because that was the uh, the Mayweather. Um, you were watching uh, the other bloodbath. Yeah, that was the other bloodbath. Uh, but I had my little uh, Kindle Fire. And so, you know, I'm like, we're eating snacks. Everyone's kind of hanging out talking and I'm watching this game, um, on my, you know, on my tablet. And, uh, it was just kind of like th- within two minutes, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Like, I think I sent you a text, Dave, like rice ain't covering. Like we both picked rice to cover. The spread was 30.5. Um, you know, they had played last year. Uh, what was the score? It was, uh, 41 17. Um, yep. This was so much more of a beatdown. So in three plays, Stanford scored. I think, uh, I think it was Bryce Love who took like the, the handoff like 70 yards or something on his first touch. They punched it in three play, two plays later. Rice ended up somehow first and 17 on their three yard line and went backwards from there. It was, uh, you just like, okay, this is not going to go well. And it, nothing changed. Like nothing was different about that and I, same thing with you. I did not watch. I, like once the halftime came, I shut the shut the tablet and just watched you know the the fight stuff because um, you just kind of knew the way this was going to go. But I I feel pretty good, Dave. And you know you could have. Um, there was only one media person that picked Stanford to win the North, and even though I kind of balked on it in our last episode, that was only three days ago. So I don't feel bad changing my tune now. But I picked Stanford to win the North, and you. Also did, except you forgot to send in your ballot. But there was only one, if you look at Stanford in the Pac-12 media poll, there was only one number one next to it. And that's from me. So I'm I feel sure pretty the, good. Now. I'm sure the 15 passionate Stanford fans out there are just so happy with you right now. <laughs> RJ, where are you, RJ? Tell me. Yeah. Tell me, RJ. No, but you were, you were the same thing. So it would have been funny. It would have been two and only us. Um, but yeah. you feel pretty good now. Now it's still going to be obviously a long season and, and, you know, Washington's really good. But if you were worried that Stanford is like, eh, you know, they're going to take a step back. They lost, uh, you know, Solomon Thomas. They lost Christian McCaffrey. You're like, well, they won their last six games of 2016 and they won game one of 2017 in convincing fashion. Now they get a bye and they go to USC. Um, I know it has USC's fans attention. They, this game was already circled, but now even more so Stanford looks legit. Yeah. Yeah, that's suddenly becoming like a. That's. I mean, it was already going to be a marquee game, but Dan, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. USC has to take care of business against uh, Western Michigan. If they, you know, blow them out and it's like a big, you know, big win, then I think there'll be even more, you know, kind of hype around this. But it's uh for for this game to happen so early in the season, Dave. Uh, it's it's going to be a good one. But Stanford is not. You know, people are. 
expecting whatever from Stanford this year, I think you got to expect a lot. I mean, it's you don't want to overreact to one game, and maybe we did by bumping up the number one. But they showed us something. You know, they showed you something like, hey, uh, we recovered. Keller, you know, Keller Chris is fine. Bryce Love can do crazy stuff like Christian McCaffrey can. Maybe not everything, but he can do a lot of stuff. This is going to be a really good team. Great secondary. Um, you know, two of the best corners in the, in the Pac-12. It's going to be a really tough out to try to take Stanford down. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Should we get to a question before we uh, sign off? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got a question? All right. We got one question. This is from our man, Nick from Cyprus. Oh, hi, Nick. Uh, quick rundown. Stanford 62 versus Rice 7. Well, that's a big-time Aussie beatdown, LOL. Oregon State 27 versus Colorado State 58. I like Angie Machado for covering this team. Must be tough. They are absolute garbage. <laughs> they need to be 12th after this performance. We, we listened. If I remember correctly, I said the same last year, and we'll reiterate this state, uh, Oregon State football is bad. They will be lucky to get four wins. Bowl eligible is a joke in last week's previews. My question is for David, the lovable loser, Bruin Woods. <laughs> so you trolled? Yeah, I don't. Nick. It seems like he's got a lot of typos in Nick, there. Nick, be nice. Nick, come on. My, my name is just David Woods. Like, I don't know at all. <laughs> I don't have that many names. So you trolled the podcast listeners last week with UW beating USC in the Pac-12 title game. I thought it was funny at first. Then I thought he must be watching the new Trolls movie with his kids which I can relate with twins only 11 months old. Oh, congrats. Uh, cute view on the game. Question is for Ryan and David. Can you get – didn't he say we already had a question for me? Uh, I anyway, it was, yeah. question, question is for Ryan and David. Can you give us your view on who wins the rivalry game for each rivalry in the Pac-12? Call it now so we can come back to this later in the season. Fight on. Beat the Broncos. All right, let's do it quick. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State. Okay, let's see. We got – that game is uh... – Arizona State's at home. I'm going ASU. to take, I'm, ASU is winning. It. Yeah, I'm going to take ASU. Uh, Utah, Colorado. Utah, Colorado. That one is uh, at Utah. Tough place to play. I got Utah. In the, I'm going to take Utah. I'll take Utah too. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, <laughs> this one's uh, I'm yeah. going Oregon. It's a. It's yeah. It's an Austin. It's Oregon. Yeah, uh, Washington, Washington State. This is a good one. So this is at Washington. Um, I, I'm going to take the the Huskies, but I think Washington State's going to be really good. Should, that, I think that's going to be a really fun Apple Cup, but I'll take Washington. Washington. Uh, Cal Stanford? That's, that's Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. I don't know uh, where. That could be played on the moon. It doesn't matter. I don't care where that one. And then UCLA-USC. I've got USC. Yeah, I'll take USC, too. Uh, all right. That was it's fun. kind of all the home games, right? Oh, except, well, let's see. Is it... Uh, like, uh, I don't know where the Cal Stanford game is. That, that one is, Stanford's got that at home. So we picked all the home teams. Yeah, that seems about right since we're going on very little information at this point in the season. But they're all, I think they would all be the favorite teams anyway. So, so it's interesting though, Nick, of all the rivalry games, it's all like the favorite will be playing at home. Yeah, it does seem that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, Utah Colorado is the one that might be a little squishy because you don't know. Colorado might end up being, you know, very good again and Utah might take a small step back. Yeah, that's true. And then the Arizona State Arizona game too. But um, I yeah, kind of think Arizona knows. State will be. Who knows favorite. when? Who knows who wins that race to the bottom? Yeah, but so many coaches that are going to be like hot seats. Um, yeah, you know, around that they're going to be playing the UCLA Kevin Sumlin and Jim Mora. Who knows? You know, there's there's some fun fun matchups coming up. 
Yep, for sure. All right, Dave. So that's our new power rankings. Uh, we have all the games picked the same except one. I will put them all up on our podcast of champions page, Um, But just to recap, Washington one, USC two, Stanford. Three, I'm sorry, Stanford. No, yeah, we've. I, okay, I I wrote down our old rankings. Stanford one, Washington two, USC three, Washington State four, UCLA five, Oregon six, Utah seven. Colorado 8, Arizona State 9, Arizona 10, Cal 11, and Oregon State at 12. Beautiful. Cool. All right. Well, anything else, Dave, or are we good? I'm I'm all ready to watch some football this week. I'm ready, too. So we got Thursday games, Friday, multiple Friday games, a Sunday game, a lot. That's packed football that's lot. spread out over from Thursday to Sunday. So long, good long weekend of college football. Yeah, it's going to be a magical weekend. Right. And uh, tweet us, let us know if you have any concerns or you don't like the way we do things. We don't really care, but, you know, what are we going to do? We do it for free. We, so. we probably won't listen. We, yeah. But <laughs> We'd give you your money us. back, and, but this is free. So Vent your spleen. We are here to listen or not, or at least accept. Awesome. Well, hey, enjoy everything, Dave. Had a good time. Uh, thanks to everyone else out there for tuning in. We are the Podcast of Champions. We will talk to you next time.